0: it's just been that kind of season ups filled with downs what up dub nation to another episode of the catch and dubs podcast we're your host i'm ethan with my splash bro co-host zach I mean, I'm not even surprised anymore. Like, I think we kind of called it earlier. Like, we wouldn't be surprised if this team went 19-18. and So, uh, it is what it is, I guess.
1: I mean, I'm just going to be very blunt and honest. I don't think the Warriors are a very good basketball team. I think they're mediocre with Steph Curry on the floor. And if they didn't have Steph Curry, this would be – part two of the 2019 2020 season those are just my thoughts and we'll break down their three losses from this past week in this new episode
0: and i couldn't agree more as always to our new listeners welcome we're just two dudes who love the splash bros and we just talk all things warriors into our current listeners thank you all for the support we really appreciate it and without further ado Let's get started.
1: All right. So the first game, obviously, Sunday night, uh, the Warriors took on the Lakers. Uh, that game is over from the start. Um, I think they There's nothing to talk about here. <laughs> it was 117 to 90, I believe. Um, the Warriors looked flat, plain and simple. 117 to 91 to clarify or to fix my mistake. Um... Yeah, Lakers ran all over the Warriors. Don't really have many takeaways besides that the Warriors sucked all night. That's it. Um I think I think one takeaway is how I've noticed Kelly Oubre improve throughout the month of February and he will hopefully continue it into March. Um I think he is a player that the Warriors should look at keeping around next year. I know that may be a hot take, but I think his energy on the floor is great for the roster. He provides a lot of it with his blowing kisses after shooting the three pointer or doing the first down signal after, uh, getting a charge or forcing a charge. um, but he's starting to come around, and I think that is seriously something the Warriors should consider because I think he would be good on this roster as ESPN interrupts my – uh, not a rant, but my uh, thoughts. Your
0: love for Kelly Oubre. I mean, yes. I totally agree with that. I mean, Kelly's been buying into the system. I feel like he's understanding it more. He's getting what his role is. But, I mean, the Lakers game, we just don't have to talk about it. They just got demolished without AD – I mean, they just sucked. I mean, that, that's that's just all it is. But, you know, enough of that Lakers game. It was really bad. But moving forward against the Blazers, another winnable game thrown away. Warriors were in complete control the entire game, but they just somehow let it slip away because of poor execution. They lost 108 to 106. Um, there was a call at the end, Zach. There was a call at the end, Zach, that I think ESPN was probably playing that, but I don't know, but... When Draymond was driving in for a layup and Dame got a charge. I mean, controversial. I don't know what you think. I mean,
1: uh, I think all Warriors... Yeah, yeah. I'll get my thoughts on that. I'll make sure that's included.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but um, overall, um, yes, it was a controversial call, but um, we should not have gotten to that spot in the first place. There was a possession, I think, with a minute left where the Warriors had three chances to get a bucket, I think it was probably two layups and a three missed opportunity. Like, like, you know, it was kind of wide open, uh, especially with Draymond with that air ball layup. So, I mean, just really bad execution. So I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that part of the game, like that poor
1: execution. Yeah. The Warriors started off leading 10 to zero. And I'm just going to be honest again, if you're leading 10 to zero in the first quarter, I think you should, I know a basketball game can slip away from you, but I think if you're leading 10-0 at the end of the game, you should most likely win the game with how well you started. But obviously that didn't happen. And to go to the controversial call, I think I give all props for Draymond being aggressive and taken to the hole. It was a blatant missed call. NBA referees have messed up a lot in recent weeks. If you go back and look at the replay, <laughs> damn it, ESPN! Please stop it. <laughs> if you go ESPN back, ESPN loves the podcast. <laughs> if you go back and look at the replay, Dame's feet were not set whatsoever. Both of his, at least one of his foot, at least one of his feet were in the air, not foot, um, and his feet weren't set. So it was an obvious blocking blocking foul. But I think if in that moment of the game, I think if the refs they went back to review and I don't think they were going to change it either way but like Ethan said I think they should have never been should have never been in that position there's a possession where they've had they had four opportunities and they didn't ha, didn't, didn't get one bucket out of any of those opportunities I think Draymond missed a blatant open wide, wide open layup which would have been an easy two points which would have extended their lead I believe, or they would have taken the lead. I don't remember, but.
0: Think it was like make made it up three or something. Yeah, I think that too was
1: many missed opportunities for the Warriors, which led them to losing the game. And I think there's been a lot of games like that where they've missed too many opportunities and they've lost the game because of that. And there's at least six to seven games. And a tweet on Warriors Twitter summed it up best. Is this the Warriors' eighth worst loss in a year because they've had so many losses like this? It's been a frustrating year for the Warriors and the Warriors fans and the frustration shows on Warriors Twitter, if any of you are reading that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's just been frustrating. Like, um, you know, the game plan for Lillard was we they the Warriors doubled him the entire game. But when it came down to the last possession, Steve Kerr decides not to double him. I mean, I'm like, are you not going to follow through with that game plan or not? I mean, if you're not going to double him, at least force him to drive and make a two instead of a three so that you would only be down one instead of like two. So like you wouldn't be pressured, you know, to tie the game. So it's just, I don't know, it's just bad, frustrating. I mean, as you said, it's just been that kind of season. Frustrating, eight eight games that have been slipping away because of that. So it's just... I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's just frustrating to say the least.
1: It's disappointing. I think a lot of frustration I think a good thing about this Warriors fan base is how fed up they are and how frustrated they are. It shows how loyal of fans the Warriors have. I think that's a good thing. Um, And I think I'm gonna. I think I may have said this earlier on previous episodes, but I think, including myself, the Warriors fans were quite fortunate with five straight years of going to NBA Finals and winning championships, and now is a kick in the butt back into reality. And I think Steph said it in a post-game conference, post-game press conference earlier this week, saying that there are some teams that still remember the Warriors with KD, Steph, Clay. Iggy, Sean Livingston coming into their building and beating them by 30. And a lot of teams remember that. And I think the Phoenix Suns obviously remember that as we'll get into the Suns game, but earlier in the year, the Suns without Devin Booker kicked the Warriors butt and beat them by 20. And I
0: I th- was and- with Steph too. Yeah. With Steph. And there's a
1: ton of other teams who feel the same way about the Warriors from years before saying, oh, you beat us by 30, we want revenge. And like Steph said, I think there is still a target on their back. And I think it'll be a rough couple months to for the Warriors to try to fight into the playoffs as they're currently in the ninth seed. And I don't really see them getting better than as five seed with how they're playing and what this roster looks like personally. That's just my opinion. I know I had so much optimism going into this year, but after this past week with the whole roster healthy, minus the Portland game where Kelly Oubre was out, but and minus the Phoenix game, as we'll get into that where Stefan Draymond didn't play, but there have been some moments where this roster has been fully healthy and even with Steph and Draymond on the floor, it just falls apart. And I don't really see this team being competitive whatsoever in the playoffs. So I take back everything I said in the first part of the season. And I apologize to all Warriors fans saying, by giving my optimism. But it's going to be a tough couple months for this Warriors team. And I think it'll be a big off season for this front office as they need to build a contender. And like Dieter said on two episodes ago, they need to build a contender for Steph Curry because he's never regressed and he's still playing at such a high level. And it would be a disservice to him to not build a roster for him to make this team a contender and to go out and win some more championships before he's done. And those are my thoughts on everything as we'll move into the Phoenix Suns game. Hold on.
0: Hold on. Let me, uh, let me add something, but like we were both optimistic about this. Like I think um, our first couple episodes, we said that this team could be at the, at the end of the first half of like 24 or 25 ish wins, but they did not reach that now that they're healthy Like we've seen glimpses of them being great, like not great, but a good team, but it's not been consistent and it's just bad, but you know, it's just going to be that kind of season just scratching and clawing, um, just trying to find that identity of, I don't know what this team's identity is halfway into the season, but you know, it's just going to be this Take it one game at a time. I guess this is what that mindset of the Warriors game. I mean, Warriors team is now, Um, but you know, it just got to keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. They don't have an identity. I think Draymond Green has said that they don't have an identity. Yeah. I don't think any, I don't think this team knows who they are personally. Not trying to, take a dump on the Warriors and the organization at all as I'm a big Warriors fan, but I don't see this team identity whatsoever. Just got to be blunt about it.
0: Yeah. So uh, switching gears here, we're just going to move on to the last game before the all-star break. Um, It was against the Phoenix Suns. Obviously there was no Steph, no Draymond. So this was kind of like a second unit audition. Uh, obviously the Warriors were undermanned and they lost 120 to 98, but obviously, uh, me, Zach, and I were not really surprised that they lost. I mean, they're basically like lost from the get-go once those, once Steph and Draymond were announced that they were out, it was kind of over, but, um, some highlights, I mean, some positives from this is that, um, two, two guys, Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion, those two impressed me a lot. Zach I mean Nico Mannion can run this can run an offense let's just get that clear I want him to be the backup point guard and that's been the sentiment of Nico Mannion after this game so I'm impressed with him and Jordan Poole that's all I got to say
1: Yeah, without a doubt I think Nico Mannion showed that he can run an offense unlike Brad Wanamaker and I think You're either going to bench Brad Wanamaker or you're going to waive him because I don't think he deserves a roster spot on this team. With how Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion played, they've taken his minutes away. They don't – I don't think Brad Wanamaker has a spot on this team. That's just my personal opinion. Front office may definitely disagree with my opinion, but I think Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole should be intertwined in the second unit talks for the rest of the year um, with Kent Bazemore, JTA, Damian Lee, Michael Mulder, all of them. And I think another spot from this game was James Wiseman. I think 35 minutes. It was a good night for James to get some experience under his belt. I personally think that after the All-Star break – like he did in the first couple of games, just put him into the fire, put him in the starting lineup. I think him coming off the bench and getting eleven minutes, that's not giving him experience whatsoever. And like the Warriors said earlier this offseason, he's here because we're he's a win now move. Well, he's not gonna be a win now move if he's playing eleven minutes coming off the bench and he's not getting any experience. He needs the experience. And I think if you put him in the starting lineup and he gets 25 to 30 minutes a night, I think that'll be good for him to fight through his mistakes and to go through his ups and downs. So I think it was a good night for the Warriors coaching staff to see what guys could fit in the second unit as that has been uh big negative on this first half of the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, to touch on the Wiseman point, I mean, um, Warriors TV analysis Bob Fitzgerald said it best. Like, I mean, James has to be bare minimum 24 minutes um, to play the last six minutes of the first play the first six minutes of the second play the, the last six minutes of the third and play, the first six minutes of the fourth it was just to give him that experience like as you said Zach like just you know like kind of learn as you go um that kind of thing just you know just he's gonna make a mistakes obviously he's a rookie um you know we just kind of have to give him that little leeway but you know I have to find the balance between making too many mistakes then you know that balance so seeing James playing only 11 minutes in the Portland game is not good like I if we're in a win now mode, as you said, Zach, like James is not, not going to be able to help in a win now scenario if you only play him for 11 minutes. So, I mean, that's exactly. Just, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just.
1: said all along, we're not chasing wins this season. Okay, if we're not chasing wins this season, why don't we develop James Wiseman into be into being a great big man so that in these three to five years Steph and Clay and Draymond have left in their prime that he can be a key pivotal player to help them win and be a contender in the Western Conference and win championships that's all I ask out of the out of Steve Kerr and his coaching staff to at least put him in the starting lineup and get him some minutes because He's a young kid, and I think, like Ethan said, 11 minutes off the bench isn't really going to cut it for him learning through his mistakes and playing a lot and trying to get better and learning the Steve Kerr system and playing against veteran big men in the league. I think he needs to be put in the starting lineup to make sure that he's ready since he is, since the Warriors drafted him because he's a piece to help win now that he can actually help the Warriors in their win now three to five year window.
0: Yeah. So um, it was a great, you know, recap of, you know, the last three games and now we're going into the All-Star break and the Warriors are 19 and 18 and we'll give our thoughts on this whole first half and give the grades on the Warriors right after a word from our sponsor. Right. All right. So, I mean, you know, nineteen and eighteen. I mean, I guess that was kind of like I don't know. I'm not surprised. But if you were to have a give a grade, Zach, for this first half of the season, what would you grade this Warriors team right now?
1: Obviously, minus. I'm just. It's been a big topic. I've listened. Uh, like we had Ben on who works for the light years pod of Sam and Andy, I've listened to their podcast. It's a big problem is this ros- roster construction, I think is probably number one problem heading into this year. And I think that's why the warriors are 19 and 18 currently sitting at ninth place in the Western conference. And if the playoff started today, they'd be playing in a playoff play in tournament against the Dallas Mavericks to try to make the playoffs. And then they would end up having to play,
0: I think Utah Jazz, I
1: think? Yeah, it would probably be Utah. And if they're playing Utah with this roster, they're most likely getting swept. And that showed with how they played against Utah in the first game where they lost by... Where at one point 30? in the game, they were losing by 40 points. Yeah. So I think we can talk about the roster construction, how crappy that was this offseason. All we want, but we're now into the season and can't really change anything, but I think the trade deadline's coming up. Um, I don't know the Warriors are going to be buyers or conservative buyers or maybe sellers and sell the Minnesota pick and a couple players to get a star that they could use in years to come like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal, who have been hot names, but like Ethan and I have talked on, uh, off the podcast, Zach Levine and Bradley Beal have not asked out of their situations on the teams that they play for James Harden asked out of Houston. He wanted to be traded. Um, I think that's a, I think in today's NBA, it's a little, it's very, I, very confusing with trades and whatnot, but, I think most trades that happen with big name stars are guys who want out of the situation they're in. I think I don't think you're going to see Washington or Chicago trade Zach Levine or Bradley Beal unless they want out of the situation they're in. And I think both of them will require a whole load of picks and young players. So for the Warriors, that probably be in the Minnesota pick another first round pick. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins to match the contract. Maybe James Wiseman. Um, I don't think the Warriors will ever deal James Wiseman because I they think James, James Wiseman yeah, too much. I think James Wiseman and Nico Mannion, with how he's played, with how he played tonight, as we're recapping this on Thursday night, I think they've. Set that they're the future of the franchise, and I'm per- perfectly fine with that. I think Nico Manu can grow into a very good point guard, um, maybe John Stockton-esque, but uh, as a comparison. But I think the Warriors should heavily consider making maybe a move at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I mean, overall, it's just been a C C grade kind of season. I mean. Like, the last five years, as we said, we got, we got lucky to expect that eight-plus season. And now we just kind of hit back to reality, as you said, Zach. Like, we're now, like, that C-graded kind of team where, you know, we could have our moments, but we do have our sucky moments, our like our F-graded games. So, I mean, do I expect them to make a move? Probably not. I would say maybe 20% they make a move. Um, but if they make a move, it's probably... I, I don't know. I don't think they would trade Kelly Oubre because I feel like they love Kelly's game yeah, right now. I, yeah, I, yeah.
1: I'm not trying to interrupt, but... No, you're good. You're good. I don't think Steve Kerr will... I think Warriors fans get it, are a little mistaken by this. I think Steve Kerr coming in, going to five straight finals, winning three championships, he kind of has a role in the front office. I think Bob Myers and Joe Jacobs maybe check some things by him and I think Steve Kerr liked how Kelly Oubre struggled during the first part of the year how he controlled himself um during that rough stretch and how he's improved through the months of January and February and how he's playing now I don't think they're willing to part ways with Kelly Oubre um dealing him wise I think Andrew Wiggins I think Andrew Wiggins is a tough topic because I think his contract is something that a lot of teams don't want to take on, but I also think I would not be surprised if the Warriors, if there's a a star comes available and they're wanting to trade picks, wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Wiggins, they move him, but I am not a – front office insider for ESPN, and I do not have any any sources within the organ- Golden State Warriors organization to say that they want to move Andrew Wiggins. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know what the Warriors are going to do. Um, if I was guessing, I don't think they're trading for a star. I think they may trade for a role player. That may help them. Probably
0: a big man. Probably a veteran yeah. big man. Maybe. that
1: may be That may help them win two games in the playoffs, but –
0: <laughs> yeah I mean uh, to touch on Wiggins it's just been like over re- like kind of like like a recurring revolving door kind of storyline is should the Warriors trade Kelly Oubre or Andrew Wiggins that's just been the story especially on Warriors Twitter Zach I know you're on Warriors Twitter a lot so you know you see a lot of these takes of you know, oh uh, Bob Myers should trade Andrew Wiggins or oh, Bob Myers should trade, trade Kelly Oubre that's just kind of been that kind of story where You know Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre is on the chopping block, according to Warriors Twitter, Zach. So I mean,
1: yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I think we can talk. We can have this discussion for a couple minutes, but I think if I were to keep Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre, I think personally I'd keep Kelly Oubre. He looks like I'm just gonna say it. I don't know what Andrew Wiggins goes on through his mind. I can't predict that. I don't, I'm not Andrew Wiggins, but I think Kelly Oubre, when you look at him play basketball, he likes playing basketball and he likes being there and he shows it on the floor and he shows his energy on the floor as well. And I think that's a thing that the Warriors coaching staff in front office likes. Um, Andrew Wiggins, he showed his bright spots through the first couple weeks, but when you look at look at him on the basketball floor, it looks like he doesn't want to freaking be there. He looks,
0: he's like he's just running around the court. Like, yeah,
1: he, I, I don't know. He just looks like he doesn't want to be there. Um,
0: maybe it's just because it's the All Star. I mean, we're kind of getting halfway. Maybe he needs like that All Star break. I have no idea. But, yeah, but I don't know. Um, it's a tough. It's a tough call. It's a tough call.
1: Yeah, I, if I was Bob Myers, I would most likely. I'd be more willing to trade Andrew Wiggins than Kelly Oubre. Maybe a hot take, maybe not. But I think Kelly Oubre has, with how well he's performed, and if he can consistently play like this and not go into a slump and keep the energy up, I think that's a plus for the Warriors. And I'm I'm all in on that. And I think you – if you're willing to be aggressive during this off season and try to build a big time roster, and if a star becomes available, wouldn't mind parting ways with Andrew Wiggins. I'd feel bad for Andrew Wiggins since he's been in so many. He's been dealt a lot. He
0: well, he only been dealt twice. He only been dealt twice, but
1: well, twice is a lot for an NBA player. Like. Some I mean,
0: The dudes get traded five times and they're more like, <laughs> so.
1: I mean, he's been, he's basically kicked off the Cavs because LeBron didn't want him and they traded him for Kevin Love and then he was just in a bad situation in Minnesota.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, but. I mean, the throwaway contracts aside, if we had money, if money was not involved, if contracts were involved, if it was just Andrew Wiggins versus Kelly Oubre, I mean, I hate having to compare the two, but. You know, if you look at the production stuff and defensive side, I feel like Kelly Oubre is more of an asset than Andrew Wiggins. And although I love Andrew Wiggins, that redemption arc, especially with Minnesota, I love what Kelly Oubre has been doing so far. And I know I was wrong to trash him earlier in the season, but he did prove me wrong. Um, Andrew Wiggins hasn't had that, you know, that scoring output, um, like, you know, like a 30 plus game, like that Kelly, Kelly Oubre has done, I think, twice or two or three times he had over 30 points a game um I don't know it's just it's a tough tough call especially for a front office too so we'll see
1: yeah without a doubt uh like Ethan said we'll see what Bob Myers and Warriors front office does when the trade deadline comes up in a couple weeks um who knows what they're gonna do but this roster needs some Need some fixings and
0: some serious work is needed to be done for sure.
1: Warriors will head into the all-star break and Steph will play on team LeBron. That'll be great to see them play together. And then the Warriors have to get back at it for the second half of the regular season. Um, And I think we'll, we'll preview the second half in the, our next episode. Um, So I think this will conclude episode number 23. Michael Jordan's number as we don't include LeBron James in this uh, podcast. Just kidding. We love LeBron. Um, Make sure you follow us on our socials on Instagram at catching dubs pod and on Twitter at dubs pod. Um, I will not plug my Twitter on this episode. Uh, (laughs) We appreciate all you for listening. Um, Means a lot to both of us and we'll catch you in the next episode.
0: Thanks y'all. See y'all later.